welcome to the lightning round. Hello, and welcome to episode 24 of the Dave Kirshner Lightning Round Podcast. It is week 39 in the 46 Quadrennial Hunger Games. And so I had a conversation uh, via text message with, uh, with John Jeffers. And um, he had uh, some suggestions for me. Because my shows were running a little bit long, and uh, so what I decided to do was to split out um, the preparedness topic and the uh, uh, He Who Shall Not Be Named Jackassery Minute into two separate episodes, and then uh, uh, produce and publish those uh, twice a week. So... Uh, what we're going to do is, so episode 24 is going to be all preparedness, and episode 25 is going to be exclusively the Jackassery Minute, and we're going to use this uh, process going forward. Uh, so we'll get Wednesdays and Saturdays for uh, releases of uh, individual episodes, and um, I think it'll make it easier, it'll, it'll help shorten it and unfortunately I've already recorded what was episode 24 is now episode 25 and it's it's at about 45 minutes so I've already failed in my first episode but I'm gonna work on it I'm gonna try and get better uh but that's one of the beauties of 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 having a podcast is um you can you can do your recordings you can edit things you can publish them when you want to um, when you have time to record, like I don't record when my wife and kids are home, uh, cause I want to spend time with them. So when they're on break, I'm on break from the podcast. Um, so, uh, so you won't get episodes during the summertime. You won't get episodes during, uh, what amounts to their Christmas break, um, and so on and so forth. So, uh, so that's the plan going forward. Uh, we're, you know, this is still a new podcast, so we're still figuring things out um, and how how we want to approach things and how we want to address things. Um, uh, so there you have it. So for episode twenty four, we have a couple topics um, uh, that deal with preparedness now, and it's seasonal. I guess I could say that. Uh, the first thing that I would want to say to you is that now that, you know, most of the country is well into fall, uh, you can see winter on the horizon. My question to you is, what have you done to prepare for winter? Because, you know, unless you're in the, the more southerly climates, um, you know, you, you can't grow year round. You can't grow, you know, your garden. So maybe you've got uh, grow lights inside your house. Uh, you've got a, a some sort of uh, uh, glass enclosed room that you can put some heat into. It's not necessarily a greenhouse, more like a three season room, but you could use that. Um, but when I when I get into fall and I can and I can see winter on the horizon, I start uh, 
um, doing uh, deep dive inventories. Uh, you know, I, I have a every the first of every month I have a little uh, reminder on my phone. Um, it's basically my calendar, and, um, and 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 I just know to do it on the first of the month because I've been doing it for so long. But I that's you know I the wife and kids are in bed. Um, and, and then I will, I will stay up late that night and, and do inventory, uh, every month on the first of the month, whether that's a, a Tuesday or a Saturday, I, I don't care. It's the first of the month. It's inventory time. Um, I have a file on my, on my computer that I, that I keep maintained. I print out a new one every month, um, because I, I keep them in conspicuous places. You know, I've, I've got um, my inventory sheet for what is in my chest freezer uh, taped to the top of the dresser, or dresser, top of the freezer. Um, that tells me everything that's in it. And then over the course of the month, every time I take something out of it or I add something to it, I amend that printed sheet. So I go down... Um, I do a, a hand count visual inspection to make sure that my counts are correct on the sheet. And then I go to my computer and I amend that document to get rid of all of the handwritten notes and I'll print up a new sheet and I'll tape the new sheet onto the, uh, onto the top of the chest freezer. And, uh, I have several storage shelves and I keep a rolling inventory of that, of course, over the course of the month. Um, and that, uh, inventory is on a clipboard and my wife and I, uh, my wife knows that if she takes anything off of the shelves, because they're all arranged by date, uh, the stuff that's going to expire first is in the front stuff that is, that, that has the later, ex uh, expiration dates goes toward the back. And then if I buy new stuff, everything kind of moves forward. Uh, it's just called stock rotation and, I'm, I'm very vigilant about that. So that printed um, inventory sheet, uh, well, it's multiple sheets actually, but <laughs> it's on a clipboard. And so my wife knows, and, and, and I do this too, if I take anything off of the shelf, I, I make a note on the sheet. So uh, I'll do the same process for the storage shelves that I do for the chest freezer. I do a a visual uh, hand count of every single thing. I verify expiration dates, make sure that that's the product that's on the shelf. Uh, and then I go up and I amend the file and I print out a new one. I put that on the clipboard. Um, so that is a, a process that I do every month on the month, on the first of the month. Um, and I do it and it's, it's, you do it a couple times and it just becomes habit. And that's what a lot of preparedness is. It's just Making things become habit, whether that's your situational awareness, you know, constantly keeping your head on a swivel when you're out and about uh, in public or in a gas station or at the gas pump, um, at the grocery store, you know, whatever it is that you're doing. Um, I, I maintain the same level of vigilance when I leave the house as I do when I'm in the house. Another uh, thing that I do, and this is more of a quarterly task, um, I have, you know, several bags. And depending on the 
purpose of the bag, it'll get checked more frequently or not. Um, based on the season, uh, if I'm if I'm actively hunting that year or that season, um, you know, like my hunting bag, uh, that that is a, a, a constant evolution, meaning I'm constantly pulling things in and out of that bag based on what I'm hunting. So if I'm going to go hunt deer, I've got a different setup than I would if I'm going to go uh, duck or goose hunting, or if I go with a buddy and we're going to go trapping. That's a different setup for that. I mean, I I don't want you to think I'm I'm emptying the whole bag and then repack. I'm not. The bulk of the stuff stays the same. It's the gear, it's the equipment, it's the clothing, things of that nature. Um, but that bag always has the ability to get me home. So, because uh, I'm not obviously I'm in a I'm in a suburbia. I'm not I'm not hunting by uh, by strapping on a ghillie suit and flopping down in my bushes out front and waiting for something to come strutting down the street. The the city might have a problem with that. So I have to go to where the animals are. Um, but yeah. <laughs> so uh, that bag can always get me home. My, my, my buddy, my, my primary hunting partner, he always gives me a bunch of crap because he's like, dude, I don't know why you're carrying all that stuff. Because, you know, we're just, we just need to get back to my house. And I said, well, <laughs> that's a good start, you know, but I eventually need to get back to my house, not your house. So, you know, maybe we lay up and, at your house and I rest, but I, you know, I still need to get home. So I might be taking a few things from you to help supplement whatever's in my bag, but I still need to get home. And by and large, I'm in a different state. So... And nine times out of ten, I'm on the wrong side of the Appalachian Mountain Range. That's a lot of hoofing. But between his place and my place, there's a lot of wildlife. So whatever food I've packed in my bag, um, that can I can supplement that with whatever I can catch. And the only problem, again, with that is because of the distances involved, I now have... Uh, let's just call it stranger danger. So, uh, I'd have to be walking back, but anyway, I got off topic. The point is, there are things that I do every month, and that's inventory related. So that's that's the, the chest freezer, that's the pantry, that's all the shelving units. Um, I'm checking ex expiration dates, I'm, I'm, I'm rotating stock, I'm doing all of those things, right? So, uh, and then quarterly, I'm checking bags, um, to, you know, if, if my daughters have taken their bag and they've gone uh, hiking with friends and they've taken some of the weight out of the bag, um, you know, I make sure that, you know, everything goes back in the bag when they come, when they get home. Um, the same is true of my, my, my hunting slash get home bag. So I, you know, I'm constantly moving stuff in and out of those bags, depending on the situation and what we're doing and what activity we're involved in. But it's important that, you know, if you're going to use the bag more frequently, then you need to put that bag on your monthly rotation uh, for inventory. But if, you're, if the bags are not being used all that frequently, then I have them on a, on a quarterly inspection. So um, that's what I wanted to say about uh, inventory. I, I, I like to 
really do a deep dive when the when the weather starts to change and I'm you know I'm not able to be outside and in my garden and um, you know I got less light uh, so there's more activities taking place inside the house um, you know I've got all of my all of our, our canning has been done the garden has been harvested um, I've I've assessed what worked and what didn't in the garden I've assessed um, what grew in terms of uh, did, did, did something like a like the, uh, is it my, my garden is near a tree line so did the tree line uh, affect uh, sunlight patterns in any way and if it did then I go trim the tree back so that it so that my garden stays in in full sun but that's you know <laughs> that's just routine maintenance at that point but uh, so you get the point. So you need to be doing inventory at least once a month. And then every time you take something out, you need to make a note of it so that when you come in on the first of the following month, you already have the bulk of everything that you've already done. Oh, I went to, you know, I went to the grocery store or I, you know, I went in with a buddy and got this or did that or whatever. Um, so that's, that's inventory. Another thing I want to talk about was uh was buying in bulk so uh and it's inflation related so um i was listening to the uh the john jeffers podcast from um i think it was the 21st and and he was talking about inflation and uh you know people that have a preparedness mindset we are already fairly well attuned to the environment around us in terms of what's going on in the world because we're trying to figure out if we need to hunker down if we need to bug out um, so there's a couple points to be made there uh, so depending on your on your situation uh, bugging out might not be a good idea but um, Anyway, I'll come back to that. So what Jeffers was saying was that um, because inflation is, is, is already gone up, right? So we're already experiencing that. And then we're getting information from the actual uh, grocery store chains that tell us, hey, by the end of the year, you know, this, I, I, I was told this um, by the manager at my local grocery store. And then I read it online from a major grocery store retailer, um, I believe it was Kroger, in September, that by the end of the year, consumers could expect to pay 30% more for everything. It's not just meat and eggs and cheese. It's everything. Because the price of gas has gone up 75%. Since he who shall not be named was installed in the White House. So that's a problem. So now it's costing everybody to get their goods around the country. Well, you know what? Jen Tzatziki sauce Pazaki. They're not going to just absorb those costs. They're going to pass those costs on. Because unlike you, they actually took an economics class. So... What do you do, right? So you know higher inflation is coming. Um, you've got the owner 
of, uh, what is it, uh, Twatter Twitter Nazis, and he's going on the record saying hyperinflation is on its way, and, and there's you, and you've got a wife, or you've got a husband, and you've got, you know, one, two, three, four kids, uh, hyperinflation's coming, you've already felt the effects of, of inflation just in general, what are you going to do to feed them? Uh, another side point. Um, have you ever noticed <laughs> that all of the bad stuff that the government does starts to affect you in the fall and winter? They never just like come out in the spring and then you just have to figure it out in the spring and the summer. It's always in the fall and the winter. When you can't grow your own food, the season's over... You can't do anything to go toward being self-sufficient without some adverse side effect. And what I mean by that is, say you want to be self-sufficient and it's winter, hyperinflation's here, or just regular old inflation, <laughs> and you want to grow your own food. You thought, well, I'm going to put in some grow lights. Great. You're going to grow your own food. So now you've got... The electricity you need for the heat mats, the electricity you need for the actual grow lights, and then you've got uh, increase in water. Albeit, they're small little changes, but you're going to feel that because your water bill is going to go up, your electricity bill is going to go up. But it's not going to go up to the point where you are spending more on that than you would have if you had gone to the grocery store. So in that respect, it might be a good idea to start... You know, maybe you go buy a, a, a grow light or you build a grow light stand, um, which I have done. And I have it down in my basement. I like to grow fresh herbs. So I might have to add uh, another unit next to it so that I can grow uh, some regular some regular produce. But anyway, um, so uh, two co-workers and I, we were in a... Uh, a text string chat thing. And, uh, you know, we just keep up with each other because we were the three amigos at work. We all have a like mindset. Um, they like to, to ping ideas and questions off of me. And I, I think it's fun. It keeps me on my toes because they always come up with something crazy. But uh, one of my friends in this group chat, he went in, they knew a farmer. And the farmer was talking to them about... Um, you know, when it when it comes time to to auction off their cattle, uh, their their meat cows, and so my buddy picked up um, a quarter cow for I think he said it was uh, two hundred some odd dollars, and then there was a butchering slash processing fee that added another hundred and twenty five dollars to it. I think he said he got it for four twenty five maybe. So. And he's got a, a wide assortment of, of steaks and chops and and roasts and uh, and hamburger and things and and the like. And uh, my other friend was like, "Hey, you know, because we were pinging him. Hey, how much did you pay for that? Because I knew he had done it. I just forgot how much he had paid." And and um, so my other friend, we she's my work wife. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, any of you that, that, I don't know, 
that that's a thing. So maybe you're not familiar with that. But I have my I have a work wife. My wife has a work husband, uh, and it's very amusing to us. They're the ones that keep us in check when we're at work. That uh, you know, hey, hey, yeah, Dave. That's you know, chill out, man. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, she was uh, she was asking questions because there's a, a farmer out where she is who is selling uh, quarter, half, and full cow. And, um, and, and she is being, I think she put in the chat. Yeah. So I just, I, I went, I had to, to double check. So he paid 300 for the beef. That was a quarter cow, uh, and paid 125 for processing. And this was, I can't remember when he bought it, but, uh, this is how, you know, there's inflation. Uh, so he paid a grand total of 425. She's being told that it's going to be four to five hundred dollars just for the beef, and then another hundred, hundred and fifty for the processing. So, this is the same guy. If you were listening to the podcast last week or two weeks ago, this is the same guy that got two tires for five hundred bucks, and I got three tires for three hundred or four hundred bucks. So, um, you know, and that was only a, a month and a half apart. So now this one's likely a couple months apart as well, but you know I'm, I'm and I told her I said maybe you want to talk to them and and see if their prices have gone up or whatnot or maybe find a different uh, provider, different rancher, uh, see if you can find a better price. But um, that's that's what inflation looks like. Everything costs more, and nobody really understands why. And the reasons why are that the cost of fuel went up. There's a shortage of skilled labor. Um, there's uh, backups at the port. There's whatever. So all of these things go toward prices for commodities being more expensive. And they pass those costs on to you. I mailed a package the other day that had I mailed that package a year ago, it would have cost me 10 bucks. That's what the guy told me. It would have cost me 10 bucks. My wife was returning something that she had bought from a retailer on Amazon and, and it needed to go back. Um, uh, and the, the return address was California. And a year ago, that would have cost me 10, 11 bucks. I mailed it yesterday. It cost me $21 and change. And when I guffawed at that, the guy said, price of gas has gone up 75% uh, since January. He didn't want to say, since that idiot was installed in the White House, he left the politics out of it. But I inferred it, and so there you go. So that's, that's and I mailed it the cheapest way I could through USPS. I didn't even use FedEx or UPS or anything. So... To me, that's, that's ridiculous, but that's the world we live in now. So anyway, I'm telling you about my friends and they're buying partial cow um, because if you buy a quarter cow or a half cow or a full cow, you know, or you have your own cows, uh, many of us don't. Uh, so we have to rely on the rancher and the butcher. So uh, he filled up his little chest freezer with, with a quarter cow and... And so he's like, hey, man, I got food for the winter. And, you know, because 
for their birthdays, I like to give them something. So I've, I've been giving them <laughs> uh, freeze-dried food and stuff like that. So he's got, he's got food. Um, and, and I have, I have food. One of the things that I also inventory, I should, I should circle back to that is, is all of my, my food stores that are not canned. So that's, you know, all of my, uh, three month kits, six months kits, uh, you know, my 72 hour or whatever, you know, I have food kits in all of my bags. Um, so we'll be able to eat if we have to to be on foot and get it or you know we're driving somewhere or whatever we can always eat those um if you know the price of everything is just astronomical anyway um so they're buying that and uh, a buddy of mine a different buddy uh he and his brother they go in and buy a whole cow and i think it cost well until inflation was here it cost him about three grand but I, i i don't know that number seems high but maybe it's not um, you know, because if they're paying $500 for a quarter cow, so it would be two grand. So two to $3,000, depending on the size of the cow and the amount of, of butchering and processing, maybe somewhere in there. Um, but they buy a whole cow and then they split it, uh, cause each family likes different cuts. Um, so there you go. That's something that you could do. But uh, to get back to what John Jeffers was saying is he was like, you know what, before the prices go up anymore, you need to go get some stuff in bulk. Um, and and it's, it's pretty much a, a mantra for the preparedness community. You, you, you buy in bulk so that you can realize some cost savings there because you're going about your regular day-to-day life and there are expenses associated with that. And then you have to add in the expenses of preparing for whatever calamity that you think might befall you and you need to you know there's there's purchasing that needs to take place and usually that's in the food category so um i listened to his podcast and i've been putting it off so i you know i went to sam's club i don't like supporting the waltons because they don't think i'm capable of owning firearms and ammunition but you know whatever they're the cheapest place in town, so that's where I went. Uh, you could go to Costco. There's other places. I just, I like, well, I like the the selection at Sam's Club, I guess. Anyway, um, so I went in, and I, you know, I took my, um, I took the pieces of paper off of the clipboard, and I took my inventory list for my shelving units, and I took a picture with my phone of the uh, inventory of my chest freezer. And I, I went up there and I was like, okay, where can I, you know, I'm going to try and plug some holes. I gave myself a budget. Um, so I got um, sausages and dogs and I got uh, uh, ground sausage and, and I got bacon and I got beef and I got some fish and I got, you know, so those were things that were going in the freezer. Then I came home, and I got a lot of canned goods, too. Uh, and if you're looking for more bang for your buck, buy beans. Um, you know, you can go to Sam's Club, and you can get a, a an eight-pack of black beans, right? Uh, but those are pretty much, that's your limited, that's your choice, right? You have black beans or you have no beans at, at Sam's Club. 
But if you go to the right grocery store on the right day with the right coupon, you can get, um, you know, dozens upon dozens of cans of other varieties of beans for 10 cents a can if you do it right. Um, so uh, I, that's what I do is I, as I bargain shop. I look, see what I got a coupon for, see whose flyer is putting what on sale for that week or whatever. And I go in and I just go buy a bunch of it. Like I make a really good soup. Uh, it's called Knickerbocker Bean Soup. It's It's got bacon. It's got navy beans. It's got uh, a bunch of different tomato types in there. And, and it's really, really good. I think it's on my website. And, uh, and I'll make a large vat of it. And I tried to do it one time without the navy beans. I just, I used a different type of bean. And my family revolted. They were like, no, Dad, you screwed it all up. This is the wrong bean. Blah, 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 blah. But... That's just one recipe, but I could have done something different. So, but for your canned goods, you need to be looking at those circulars for your grocery store. I don't, I don't care if it's uh, an AMP, a Safeway, or if it's one of the bigger stores, Harris Teeter, Walmart. You can go grocery shopping in Target. I mean, you got to be looking at all these things. See, find those coupons, find those sales, and then you can get your bulk purchasing done. For pennies on the dollar, if you can, if you if you do it right, and you and you're patient, so and that's just what a lot of preparing is is just doing that stuff, um, and and being patient and being frugal. So um, that's it. So I want to talk inventory. I want to talk bulk bulk purchasing, um, and you know we're getting into soups and stocks and stews season, and so. Uh, sauces my wife and i have been making a lot of tomato sauces i made a i made a big vat of it when i was harvesting a lot of roma tomatoes uh blanching them and and putting uh that stuff in the sauce and, and dicing up others i mean i we make i made a lot of stuff and here's a trick that I, I i may have mentioned before in the podcast in a preparedness section but i'll tell it again um to save space what i do is i will ladle four ladlefuls into freezer bags whether it's a soup or a stew or a stock or whatever four ladlefuls is enough for a family of four if you're gonna you know thaw it and heat it up say it's a tomato say it's a, a pasta sauce something with meat in it or sausage or or it's just a straight marinara whatever you want to do um four ladlefuls is enough for one meal and it's actually it's, it's enough for one meal plus one or two uh um uh, servings as a leftover for your lunch the next day or something like that. But what I do is I ladle it into a, a freezer bag and then I'll lay the freezer bag flat on the counter and I will work that sauce or that soup down toward the zipper, uh, the closure, and I will get all of the air out and then I will seal the bag. And when you do that, take all of those that you've just done and you stack them on a rimmed baking sheet and then you take the rimmed baking sheet and you put that in the freezer. And when they're frozen in a day or two, well, I mean, they'll be frozen. Excuse me, I got the weird hiccup there. Um, when they're frozen, they take them off the baking sheet and then you can stand them up like books and they take up much l less square footage in your, in your freezer. Therefore, you can maximize the, uh, the square footage inside of your, your chest freezer or in your upright freezer or wherever. Uh, so, so that's a neat little trick that I've been doing for, for years. And, um, 
and I, I did say when I came back from the store, I, what I did was I took every, all the stuff that I had gotten at Sam's Club out of uh, the store packaging, and I put it into uh, proportions or portion sizes uh, that better suited my family. So, you know, I bought, uh, let's just say I bought 10 pounds of, of ground sausage. Well, I don't, I'm not going to cook 10 pounds all at one time. I'm going to cook a pound at a time. So what I did is I took all of the store-bought packaging off, and then I got that sausage into my food saver bags, and I vacuum-sealed it into one-pound packages. So now I have 10 one-pound packages instead of two five-pound packages or five two-pound packages. Now I've got one-pound packages, and I can use that for, for breakfast, or I can use that in, in a sauce or a soup or whatever, you know, a stew, whatever it is I'm going to do. Um, so I would definitely tell you, go out of your way to find a, a high quality vacuum sealer. Uh, that's going to save you a lot of wasted, uh, food because you're going to be able to vacuum seal it into the proportion sizes that you need. Okay. So now that's really it. That's all. <laughs> that's it. So now I, I covered inventory. I covered it purchasing in bulk. And I covered uh, packaging and, and storage. So I think it's a pretty hearty show today. And just over half an hour. So yay me! <laughs> so, okay, just to reiterate, going forward, uh, the midweek show is going to be preparedness centric. Today's the, or this episode is the first episode with that, uh, that split in my podcast. And the weekend shows will be the. Uh, the hoo-ha jackassery minute where I just kind of go over the week that was uh, and and talk to you about um, different aspects of, of life um, that I see and provide commentary on that. So, all right. So this is the end of episode 24. And so the next preparedness episode will be episode 26. All right. Uh, so everybody have a good week and we'll talk again Sometime during the midweek next week. Be good. Happy Hunger Games. And may the odds be ever in your favor.